Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome to the number one Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Daddy McDook. I'm joined as always by Dr. Hojiti Electric Esmoji, and we have a very special guest today. I'm talking about Jack Settleman. That's right. This man. This man has over 1 billion followers on Snapchat and another hundreds of millions on all these other uh, different social media so, things. So and, billion, uh, it is like, because he talks about... A billion would be like one-sixth yeah. of the world population is following Jack Settlements. Like, it's a lot. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy when you... Uh, yeah, but the reason is because he talks about the Baltimore Ravens, who, unlike the Cincinnati Bengals, have uh, won a lot of things. They have won some football games. They look like a real football team. They've won some Super Bowls. They've done all of these things, and Jack wisely settled on them as his team. Meanwhile... Me and Hoji are struggling. We have a couple hundred of followers, you know, uh, because we cover the Cincinnati Bengals. So, Jack, what? what does it feel like to be so successful and the follower of such a successful team? I got lucky. We got a quarterback. He happened to be good. He happened to win the MVP. And people enjoy watching the MVP play. You guys got a number one pick. It's only been a few games. There, there's some bright stuff in your future. I lo- Jack, I love your enthusiasm and your positive attitude. Really, I do. I appreciate that. Yeah. I I, I wish we had more of that in Cincinnati, honestly. Look, I thought you guys were going to win this game potentially yesterday. I really really did. I really did. did. Why, Um, Why would you think that? I think because he believes in the power of the jinx. He's he's worried that we, he was going to jinx the team by saying they're going to destroy us, and so he would use reverse psychology on the jinxing powers. Am I right? Some people would claim that. I thought more from an X's and O's standpoint. The Ravens struggle with the Bengals. AJ Green, Boyd, the Ravens killers. Burrow, he can make plays outside the pocket. We don't get pass rush, and like you said, Burrow's good against the blitz, or at least we thought so. So I think that there was actually – I thought you guys were going to score a lot of points, and then could you get stops, and the Ravens' offense have been struggling. None of that came true. That was one of the worst football games I've ever seen. Yeah, Jack, I think what surprised you was the sheer incompetence and the sheer idiocracy, if you will, of our offensive line. And, and, and Jack, I, I don't know if you've, if you've been reading up on Cincinnati, but we have a problem here. And that problem is Jim Turner, the coach, the offensive line coach. There is a trending hashtag, which is fire Jim Turner. <laughs> I think I started it. I don't know. But yeah, it's a big problem. I've been, I've been saying this for a long time. You know, Jim Turner was unemployed for, I think, three years because of what was think called Bullygate. He was bullying players. He has a strange liking for some players and a strange disliking for others players disappear for a while they become upset it seems that he's very harsh on them but forget that it's the sheer incompetence it's the lack of protection it's the sheer inability if you will to protect our number one draft pick Jim, uh, joe burrow that makes us really dislike this man i just i just what do you do in cincinnati these struggles have been going on for so long see you get it i don't know <laughs> I mean, like, what do you do? I know. The pro- you know what the problem with Cincinnati is? Is when something doesn't work, it stays that way. That's mm-hmm. the problem. So you look at all the coach firings right now in the NFL. We would love to see that. But the Bengals don't fire coaches because that so would be So you guys happy. want Zach Taylor fired already? I, I wouldn't go that far. 
But if Zach Taylor's going to put his job on the line for Jim Turner, then yes. Right. If he's willing to make that change, then no. Give him another season. So do you think the talent level is high enough on the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line? Or you think it's a combination of bad talent with bad coaching? It's a combination of bad talent and bad coaching. But the bad talent has a cause. Because the good talent will leave. It does, they don't want to come here. And also, Jim Turner was not interested in making those changes this summer when he could have. Mm-hmm. So where, where do the Bengals go from here? Well, I don't yeah, know. I mean, you, I mean, that's why we brought you in. <laughs> where do they go? How do we become the Ravens? Yeah. Well, well, look, I mean, the Ravens were the Browns. And they left a, a terrible city mm-hmm. and a terrible kind of situation and went to another city. I mean, let's be honest. The Bengals, so long as they keep Mike Brown and the Blackburn families in, in charge, because it's not just about Jim Turner. Okay, let's be honest. You know, they, the play calling was bad. They, they didn't adjust. They had all these empty sets. It was they the were same thing for, the, for the, 60 the, the minutes. The offensive line has no communication. Yeah, they did not adjust. They are not very uh, smart in terms of uh, the play calling. Uh, look, at the, look at the free agency. So they finally spend on free agency. But because Mike Brown, because their philosophy is we don't spend on offensive line. We spend on things we believe in. So they spend on they spend on DJ Reader, good player. He's out for the season. Okay, fine. We spend on uh, Von Bell. He does, hasn't looked very good. We spend on Trey Waynes. He's out for the season. We spend on Mackenzie Alexander. He's been good. Okay, fine. But none of those guys are offensive line. The only offensive line we got was Xavier Suafilo, and uh, you know he he's injured, but he, he was looking okay. But I mean, we needed way more than that. But we had about line, one good offensive line. line. And then we added Johnny Williams. Okay, he's promising. An offensive line, Daddy, is not about yeah. the combination of great players. It's not like you take great ingredients, put them together, and get a great offensive line. An offensive line is coached. An offensive line is cohesive. It's a wall. It is built. You'd like that metaphor, Daddy. Mm. It is built strong. And what we don't have here is cohesiveness. What we don't have here is good coaching. What we don't have here is anything that can protect Joe Burrow. And it's making Joe Burrow look bad. And it's, it's opening him up to the vulnerability of getting injured. And even worse, and this is what I want to talk about if I have time, it opens him up to the vulnerability of having his ego crushed. You know that swagger we love to see so much? Mm-hmm. He could lose that. Mm-hmm. He came in bright-eyed with tons of hopes. He thought he was going to win a Super Bowl this year, poor kid. <laughs> you kill, you crush that, that boy's dreams... Uh, Daddy was a dream crusher. He knows what I'm talking about. You crush that boy's dreams. You you stomp on his spirit and you think that that's okay? No way, man. But that's how you do it with a bad offensive line. I guess the Ravens are built completely opposite of the Bengals. Like our whole team is kind of centered around the offensive line. Now we we right. perked up the defensive line. And so I always talk about the key to winning a Super Bowl is you have a window. There's this very specific window, and it's before you pay your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, the most money in the league. So, for example, the Chiefs last year. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Maybe the best quarterback of all time, right? But to acknowledge that they didn't need every single starter or piece on that team would just be wrong. So now that they paid him that contract, they still have a year before it really hits in. But the year after that, so much of the cap is going to be tied to Joe Burrow. So people are going to have to go. Are you going to be able to pay Honey Badger, Kelsey, Chris Jones, Clark, all those guys? 
even someone like Sammy Watkins, who was huge in the Super Bowl, he won them the game by beating Richard Sherman. So the Bengals are in that window right now. They have their quarterback on a rookie contract. So this year we knew wasn't going to be the year for them, right? So we have about four, three, four years before you're going to have to give Joe Burrow that next level money, which will ruin the Bengals. So with that money, you got to build the offensive line. You got to build the defense. You like they're so they look like the Cowboys right now. Yeah. They just have a bunch of weapons. They don't have anything else. And that's never get your quarterback can be as special as he, he can, but it but doesn't matter. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What they are not Jack. is a you know, team. Jack. And, who's, and, and yeah. hold on, Jack, who is to blame for that, Jack? That would be your general manager and your owner because don't they don't understand it. We don't have a general manager. Yes. What do you mean you don't have a general manager? The Bengals don't have a GM? Well, that's no, so wrong. wrong. Yeah, we can't. You cannot. You cannot. No, they're very expensive. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. A general manager is just an added salary, right? So if <laughs> let's think about it like this, okay? If you are trying to, let's say, sell corn, right? You're trying to sell roasted corn, right? You could like have a whole a store and have a custodian, you have a manager, you have someone to cash it, or you could do all those things yourself and just sell it on the streets. There's one person. The Bengals business model is based on, I don't know if you've ever been to like Istanbul, they have the little guys with the corn on the streets and it's very efficient. It's a lot cheaper and, and you're still producing uh, the roasted corn. So the Bengals have a very minimal manpower in order to cut the costs. So we don't have, we have two scouts. I think that's one too many. You have one scout, you can, you can figure out. You have no general manager, you have a minimal uh, training staff, and you know we don't really spend on uh, coaches because as long as you can call someone a head coach, like Zach Taylor is technically a head coach. He didn't know what he was doing, doesn't know how to coach. Quarterback coach. You call him the head coach, and yeah, he's a quarterback coach. And you know, uh, Jack, here's the thing. Here's the thing that it's not just talent. It's not, the, uh, not just the offensive line. We are losing our veterans. Yes. And I don't mean that, you know, we have injured people from Vietnam that are, are dying on the street. Or that kind of stuff. I'm saying we are losing the Bengals are losing touch with their veterans. And so like yes. Carlos Dunlap, for instance, he was benched and he found out through like a Zoom meeting. He was very upset. AJ Green you know, is very upset with the way he's being used. And, you know, we were thinking that AJ Green might have lost a step, but it now seems it's been revealed he is still has the hamstring injury from training camp and uh, he's still out there and he doesn't like how he's being used. And so now it, it, there's a theory out there that he said on the sideline he wants to be traded. The point is this, is that these guys are legends and these yeah. guys want out. And so we have a mess on our hands where we pay money to to some veterans but what i'm saying is this is it's, a, it's what they need is a co they need to clean up they need to clean up this big mess they need to get a, a head coach like you have like a harbor a, a no-nonsense guy he, he you know he you know he busts the people's balls and he you know he pushes people around and and, and gets things done right uh, but instead we have these guys who know how to kind of stick around and know how to work the front office to get their paychecks and be and put out losers and nobody complains right and, and if i might pick up there so daddio gave us the analogy of the corn seller i would say it's really more like a, a plane without a pilot that's the Bengals. you don't have a gm what you have is an owner who is as daddio passive aggressively alluded to not interested in spending on the team okay fine so get a coach and give him a lot of leeway. Well, that's not how the Bengals work. The Bengals bring in a coach and they usually put them on a tight budget. That was Marvin Lewis's case. Now, Zach was able to spend money. 
But where did he spend? He spent on defense. Why? Because Anna Romo has a vision. That's our defensive coordinator. He has a vision. He's a good coach. He gets a lot of flack, but the man is good. He built up this defense over the summer. And they've come in, and you saw them against your Ravens. They didn't look all that bad. Mm -hmm. They were aggressive. Not that bad for what is his second year in, in, on the Bengals. Now, we don't have a GM. What we have is this quarterback coach who, with no experience doing anything other than I was a quarterback coach, Jack, and I tell you it's mostly a massaging, massaging role. And this is our, this is our, our dilemma. It's, it's a plane without a pilot. And that is the Cincinnati Bengals. And no, we're never going to get better. And that's why I say I, I sometimes want out as a fan. I'm like, I'm find me a new team. But, but you can't. When you're a Bengals fan, it's a lifetime deal. So let me ask you guys something. Well, well, I didn't know quite the situation in Cincinnati. I know they talk about you guys, you're a bad organization and you have problems, but I didn't quite understand it. So explain to me what happened. How did you have those good years with Dalton? And I know you didn't win a lot of playoff games or any playoff games, but there, there were good teams and teams that won the division or made the wild card. How'd that happen? Was that just a couple Two. of years of random luck? No, no, two things. And I'll let Daddy speak to this because Daddy no, is an expert we, on that period, yeah. in period of time. But the two things, are num uh, they're both related to Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis was a defensive genius. You know that as a Ravens fan. He was a brilliant and rare defensive mind. And so that made the Bengals have this buoyancy of, be of always having a solid defense, no matter mm -hmm. what, even when the chips were down. Number two, believe it or not, Marvin Lewis had an eye for talent. So he could pick someone up in the second second round. He could pick up your Andy Dalton and make it work because he somehow and he was picking up people like he picked up Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon was a controversial pick. He he he's the one who made Vontez Perfect work mm -hmm. even when no one else could. Why? Because he had a kind of a daddy kind of thing with them. He was like their father, father figure, and it was great. But he was bad at disciplining, and it led to some loosey goosey things that didn't work in the in the, in the postseason or you know in, you know playoffs and whatnot. But so that's why they were good. It was all Marvin Lewis. It's really him. He turned the team yeah. around. Yeah, I will. I will agree. That is basically what I wanted to say. Yeah, is that Marvin Lewis made some good picks. He kind of he kind of doubled down as a as a general manager in a way. He made some good picks, and they stopped listening to him in critical times. Like they, he didn't want John Ross. That was a big problem, and and it turns out that he was right about that. Yeah, I don't know with the Andy Dalton because. I don't know if he was afraid of hurting the Andy Dalton's feeling or the the front office liked the fact they had him on a bargain deal. But but yeah, there was never a move to get a quarterback. But I want to talk real quickly before we're almost out of time here. I want to talk a little bit about the actual football game that was played yesterday. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and so, yeah, like we talked about, they were blitzing and the Bengals' uh, offensive line didn't know what they're doing. On, on the defensive side for the Bengals, they actually did some good things. They had Lamar Jackson a little bit. Uh, he was a little bit off. And now he was yeah. struggling with a sore knee, I think, right? Yeah. And I think some of the Bengals players talked about that. He wasn't 100%. He wasn't running around, you know. He, was, he wasn't quite like a Ferrari. He was maybe like a Porsche, you know, in terms of his running ability. But uh, And he was a little bit off. He, he threw a couple of passes almost intercepted. He threw one that was intercepted. So this was a big victory for the Bengals that we only gave up 27 points to you. As a Ravens fan, what, do you, what did you see from the Bengals defense that can make us feel a little bit better about ourselves today? Bengals defense kind of, I mean, what we talked about, we gave the script out and people know what to do to the Ravens now. You keep Lamar, don't let him get outside. You go cover zero, you kind of man up. Our weapons aren't really up to par with some of the, not even the Bengals, to be honest. So when you go man to man and you press them, 
you have really good opportunity to make Lamar throw outside the numbers and to test Miles Boykin or Willie Sneed, make them get open. So I think the Bengals defense, like you guys were talking about, understanding concepts and learning and playing as a unit is really impressive. And I think that's what's exciting. The Ravens are also testing themselves, I think, in some of these games. Like the game was never in doubt. We could have just ran the ball, ran out the clock, do what we did best, but we were trying to throw and it wasn't working. And that's credit to the Bengals because we were trying to get those reps in and they made Lamar look not like the MVP of the league. Yeah, and if I could butt in here, I, I would say two things. Number one, the reason the, the, the Bengals defense did a good job is because the offense did a poor job. There, mm-hmm. wasn't that, there wasn't that pressure on the Ravens offense to perform when the right. Bengals can't score, right? That was the first thing. Number two, I, I tweeted this out, uh, Jack, uh, day, uh, days, maybe a week before the game. I said, I'm not worried about the Ravens offense. I'm worried about the Ravens defense. Mm-hmm. And people got on my case. People made fun of me. But the Ravens offense is good. It's a bit predictable, as you said. It's not the most dynamic offense. Mm. The Ravens' defense is the big surprise. That's the X factor. They were able to expose the weaknesses of the Bengals, and there you go. What do you say? I mean, this is a test year for the Bengals. I'm not upset about the loss. What I'm upset about is the lack of change that's about to happen. You're not going to see any – there's no shakeups. There's no shakedown, breakdown kind of thing going on here. Nothing's going to happen. That's the problem with Cincinnati Bengals. Any other mm-hmm. team, things would happen at this stage. Yeah, I think the what, why I thought the Ravens would beat the Chiefs was because of our defense and how our corners can match up with skilled players and we can stop the run, make teams one-dimensional. And we yeah. decided to blitz Mahomes, which turned out to be a huge mistake. Patrick Queen, who looked awesome yesterday, looked horrible against the Chiefs. So I always say our best kept secret is the defense. I actually think it's a top five unit in the league. And when the offense is clicking, that's why we're one of the best teams in the league. So I thought because we can't get pressure normally with just four people, I thought maybe the Bengals would have more time even with a bad offensive line. But we had five sacks from our secondary. The first time ever that five different players from the secondary have had sacks. So yeah, the Bengals. This is a lot. I think the offensive line was more of a mess than I imagined. That's, well, that was crazy. And it was, it was obviously a fluky game. The Ravens uh, snuck by, but the uh, Bengals are going to make some adjustments. And hopefully no next time <laughs> we will defeat you when you're in Cincinnati. I want to thank Jack Settlement so much for being on yeah. our show. That is and for the Wolverine movies. The they were great. We will see you next time. So long, sweetie. Bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.